Hey you, welcome to Rise and Shine. I'm Patience Axman. I'm a wife, a mother, a photographer, natural health advocate, and adventure lover. And on this podcast, I chat with experts and friends about how to live intentionally, pursue abundance, and create a beautiful, joy-filled life. Today, I'm chatting with my friend and fellow photographer, Devin Traviasso, about all things Enneagram. In addition to his photography Instagram account, Devin recently started a separate Instagram called That Enneagram 8 Life, where he digs into realities and misconceptions about what it looks like to be an Enneagram 8. Today, we're chatting about how to find your number, what to do and not do with that information, and how the Enneagram has helped him to become more self-aware and empathetic in both his personal and professional life. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Yeah, no problem. I would love to start by hearing, first of all, a little bit about just who you are and what you do, and then your background with the Enneagram. When did you discover it, and what has that journey been like? Uh, yeah, so my name is Devin, and I am from San Antonio, Texas. I am a full-time photographer whose background was in music, um, and music led me to photography, and photography kind of led me to the Enneagram. Um, I was on a photo shoot with a couple one time and I had been told to um, to take the Enneagram prior to this and I always kind of refused to take it. Um, and this couple I was shooting, the girl had asked me if I knew my type and I said no and, and she said, well, I think I know what you are. And uh, for some reason that made me want to take it. Um, yeah, it was it was basically through someone that I was shooting um, that kind of made me stumble upon the Enneagram and get interested in it. I think for for this podcast, there are so many great resources, and I, I want to talk about those later, for figuring out what your number is or learning about different numbers. But I want to talk more about like what the Enneagram is and how it can be helpful, as well as like maybe some of the potential pitfalls or do's and don'ts. Because I think that's something that I've seen you through social media bring a lot of that to the conversation about how it can be really used as a tool for self-awareness and not as like an excuse for our failings. But you mentioned that you're familiar with a lot of different personality typing systems that talk a lot about the external and how the Enneagram is different. How would you kind of sum up the Enneagram? A lot of personality assessments assess the what, and I feel like the Enneagram assesses the why. Um, and so I can, for example, you can have two people that, on the outside do a lot of things for other people, but you can have one of them that's motivated by genuinely helping people. And one of them that's motivated by getting the attention from doing it. And, and so like on the outside, it looks the same, but on the inside, the motives are different. And, and so like, I feel like it gets a lot deeper than just what you're doing with, with this being a very like social media generation. I, I feel like it's really easy to, um, display one thing and fall into I, I just I see it a lot especially in what I do because there's a lot of vanity undertones obviously with uh, with what I do a little bit or they can be it's really easy to portray something that's not actuality it's actually helped me to be more comfortable in my skin to be honest now that I know what my tendencies are what my fears are what my motivations are I find myself less in my head and less uh insecure about certain things like like I grew up around a lot of people who weren't like me and I always wondered why I wasn't like them and so I would always spend a lot of my life trying to be like them like I, I remember it's, this is like a tangent but I remember even like like my close friends growing up 
were all like white dudes that could like do their hair certain ways that I couldn't because I wasn't white <laughs> so <laughs> like I would I would always try to like do that even though it looks ridiculous um but that is just a funny story to uh depict basically an inward thing that was happening too and I felt like the Enneagram was the first thing that helped me to just accept who I was and how I was made and 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 like what my tendencies were and uh no other personality assessments done that for me yeah so initially when I tested I and I didn't take the paid test but I just took like a free test and I typed as a four and even with that like I feel like that was so much more descriptive of my external at the time than my actual motivations being an eight and I'm sure you come across a lot of people that have mistyped themselves or use it as like a description of their external if somebody wants to try to figure out their number what are some good ways to do that and then some ways that you find have not been as helpful um i'm not a big fan of free tests to be honest um there's a lot of bad free ones out there and the problem with those is that i've met people that have taken a few different ones and they're they get different results every time and the problem with that is that finally when you take a good one you already like you kind of have all this stuff in your head by now that it, it's kind of confusing at this point. Um, and, and I found that some people that just don't care or don't see the validity in it. And so I, I, I guess I just tell people like start off with the paid one and there's a lot of free resources now that you know your type, but I think a lot of people want to go the free route first and I, I don't recommend that. So I, I, I definitely push everyone to enneagraminstitute.com, which is, it's just 12 bucks. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. I think it's, it's way more worth that. Uh, if you buy a book on the Enneagram, it's going to be more than 12 bucks anyway. So I always yeah. tell people to invest in that and then, and then just use a bunch of the free resources. So, and there's some great uh, Enneagram accounts. I mean, one of my favorite ones is uh, Christy Fountain. What, what you'll find in the Enneagram community is there's a lot of like cheesy just like replicas of different pages so like you go to certain pages and you're like oh i've seen that post on like everyone's page um okay. so it's hard to find people that stand out i think when you first start out those pages are fine because it gives you a basis of the general overview of the types but after a while it's like okay, i need something deeper that like is a little bit more catered to my type and so i think people like christy fountain have kind of honed in on like a little bit of the deeper waters of the enneagram versus just the surface level yeah, that's awesome. I definitely feel like I've seen a lot of like memes, especially when it comes to eights. Maybe it's just because that's what I notice more, but of the external where that doesn't seem like who I am at all. But when you get to underlying motivation, you know, that's more where I resonate with with being an eight. Yeah, like I, I uh, the Sleeping at Last songs and podcasts, uh, I forget to mention that. It's probably honestly the reason why I know so much about the types. There is a lot of people who joke about the eights because we are the type that probably what we're feeling internally we probably project it the most onto other people mm -hmm. and so it's really easy to be like oh well i see aggressive behavior or intensity or anger and so i'm a yeah like people uh joke about those things but uh i feel like uh i loved sleeping at last approach to the enneagram eight song and then also talking about it in the podcast because i feel like he went past the surface and went into who's really underneath those layers and uh i don't think a lot of people take the time to sit and actually do that with the type eight but i've but i honestly i think he did an incredible job oh yeah that song gives me chills every time i listen to it it's so good and the podcasts are a really amazing resource as well 
Um, how has knowing the Enneagram helped you in your relationships and then also like on a professional level with what you do with photography? How has it helped you to relate to people better? I mean, the, one of the first like aha moments I had probably was that like you, people say that you know that it's your type if you read about it and it almost stings a little bit. When I first read my type, the first emotional response I had was crap. I ran over so many people in conversation and, and I'm, I'm being aware of it now. I had a mental picture of all these conversations where I had dominated over these people. And the thing is, we don't do it intentionally. We approach conversations objectively. So if me and you are talking and we're talking about something, we're actually talking about something. But other people can approach conversations emotionally. And so then, it, you know, if someone says, hey, what do you think about this dress? And I say, I don't think it looks good. I'm not saying you're dumb for picking it or that it looks bad all the time, but just for what we're trying to do, it doesn't. But I'm not thinking, I'm only talking about the dress at this point. I've separated in my head you and the dress, but in your head, you're thinking my decision to pick it, my style. There's, you know what I mean? So, so I guess that was the thing that helped me was to realize that on the other end of the conversation is an emotional being and that has been probably the biggest eye opener um so now i try to approach conversations either way i'm going to see them objectively what i what's different now is that i try to remember that not everyone in the world has my way of communicating or like they don't see the conversation the same way i have to remember that it's not just objective you know what i mean yeah um and so that's definitely hard for me uh, but it is one of the biggest things that I, I would say that I have to put into practice. And that, that goes to show that the Enneagram is, is meant to um, cause change and, you know, and to help you adapt to other people. It's not to justify bad habits or bad behavior. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think knowing that there are all these different ways of viewing the world and communicating can help you to bridge that gap with people. You know, they might be a different number. They might have different underlying um, values in how they communicate. And knowing that about them can help you to kind of speak their language instead of speaking yours. Totally. Yeah, and um, as someone that like, you know, works with people, I mean, I'm always trying to grow in my ways of communicating with them. So this just kind of, for me, I, I feel like it's a key to another door that takes me deeper into understanding others you know what I mean so it's it's helpful how has understanding your number helped you to see the value in maybe some parts of your personality that didn't fit into the mold of what other people were doing I know you mentioned like uh trying to be like the people around you and how has how has knowing your number helped you to kind of see the strength that is also like your weaknesses I feel like I've, I've naturally have always gravitated to people who are more in touch with their emotions than I am. It's like I would attract to them, but I didn't know. I always felt out of place with them in the sense, because it was like, I like that you're in touch with your emotions, but as soon as you get emotional with me, I don't know what to do with it. And so then I felt uncomfortable. And then I always felt like something was wrong with me. I always thought that I wasn't a very emotional person, but what the Enneagram did is it, it helped me to see how I feel. I always tell people the way that eights process emotion is like, I picture a soda can and we're either literally like just a soda can sitting on top of a, like a desk or we're a shaken up soda can. So we either just literally don't care, don't feel anything, or we feel it like a hundred percent. It's like splattering everywhere. You know, for example, going through like hard seasons, 
I know that for me that the way I'm feeling is probably too intense for certain people. There was a season in my life where I, I got really heavy into the gym and I knew that for me, I needed some kind of physical way to exert what was happening inside of me. And so instead of like shutting down and assuming that what I was feeling was too intense for people, it actually led me to a very healthy habit at the moment. And that has been one one way. But then also, um, you know, the other thing about eights is that I guess the passion in which we critique things is also the same passion in which we empower people. But we, we don't like anything. We love or hate it. We think it's awesome or we think it's stupid like so we like we don't really we don't really live in the gray in between I used to see this a lot when I worked in churches doing worship and I would like tell people like dude like I've never heard you do better than you just did like you did amazing and I would go on and on they would be like man this is different from like the critique you gave me last time like it's just that it comes from the same place it's like we either like I'm gonna see a big improvement that we need to to work on or I'm going to like shower you with like authentic encouragement and so yeah it's helped me with that too learning that like eights have a lot of power in their words and I have to remember that too that like people listen when we speak and so yeah just being mindful of that with other people um, has helped me too. Your photography is very emotionally driven do you feel like that is an outlet for kind of that excess of emotion that is harder for you to communicate in a gentle way yeah I feel like creative arts has always been that uh because I did music for most of my life and it's funny because like I'll hear a song and instantly like I'm emotional and I'll show my wife who is emotional most other times and she like doesn't connect at all musically or like emotionally with music I don't think a song has ever made her cry but like for me I almost have to hear my emotions or, or see it. And so uh, for me, the creative arts doing photography and music kind of puts me in tune with my emotions. Talking about my emotions isn't that easy. If you just ask me how I feel, I don't always know. But as soon as I start playing music or creating, that helps me to know. So um, yeah, so I would say that's probably been my biggest outlet because I don't know how I would ever, ever been I guess this emotionally aware if I didn't have that outlet yeah that's awesome how about um let's talk about wings and subtypes for a minute because I know we've chatted a little bit about that um and I know that a lot of people will say like if you can't figure out your number um look into the subtypes or the wings what have you learned about that like what are some of the biggest aha moments that you've had with that the wings is definitely helpful because especially for an eight on the two sides of the eight you have one that like is complimentary which is the seven I feel like or maybe it's just complimentary for me I I I felt like when I saw the wings I was like yes I without even reading the description I already know seven because I'm an extrovert I don't like to plan things I like to live in the moment um and nine is funny because nine I think on paper eight and nine are literally like polar opposites and uh, operate so different in life. And I know this because my wife is a nine and ev- everything about the eight literally is the polar opposite of what the nine often wants. And so they joke about how like fighting or like debate arguing is kind of a love language for eights. Like if you talk to us that way and we kind of like work, go through the end of it, we just trust you more. And, um, 
And with nines, they want to do everything in their power to avoid that. <laughs> and so uh, I, I often hear people that will say their type, they don't know their wing. And I think it's real important to know it because you may have a friend that's also your type and y'all might, you might think like, man, I'm nothing like them. Um, but the thing is that we don't, Ian Cron talks about how that wing is kind of like, we, we function it just as much as our type sometimes. And so um, I know for me, I definitely, I definitely see a lot of that seven uh, sides come out and to play with me. And then when I uh, got into the subtypes, obviously when I read the subtypes, I knew that mine was the social one, uh, which then again is, is an indicator of that seven wing. So I guess what I would say is the subtypes and the wings are there just for an added uh, tool for clarity. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say sometimes when they're just learning, like maybe I'm a nine wing two or something, but your wing has to be adjacent to your number. Right. Yeah. And, um, and the other misconception is people will say, well, I'm a three and five and eight, or I'm a, I got, I got two different ones and that's not correct either. Um, you definitely could have, we pull, I think, uh, we pull things out of all of the nine types, uh, but we don't operate out of all the nine types. They're distinctly different for a reason. Yeah. And I think if you're around a lot of different people and as you grow in maturity, sometimes it can be harder for somebody to peg your number because you do learn from the people around you. So you might have learned how to be really giving like a two, but that doesn't mean it's your like core motivation. One of the more helpful things has been learning the, I guess the levels of health, learning that of each type has been really helpful as well. So I've heard a lot of people say, especially recently, like in the Christian community, the Enneagram is evil. It doesn't have like Christian roots. And then there's other people that are like, we're going to do a Bible study just on the Enneagram and it's the gospel. Being a believer, like how has it been a tool um, but then maybe how have you seen it taken too far on either end of that spectrum? The more you dive into the Bible, the more you realize your humanity, which then the next phase of that should be the more hum human I realize I am, the more I realize I need God. And that to me is supposed to be the same thing with the Enneagram is that I feel like at the extreme, if we, if we learn about our type and we, we think, well, now I have all clarity I need. Now I can live my life. Um, then you obviously probably aren't reading like the unhealthy tendencies because <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that I think for me, as soon as you read about your type, if anything, you should realize there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And um, I don't think anyone's ever read it and been like, dang, I got it all figured out. Like, I think for even for me, I read it and I was like, man, there's a lot I got to work on. So if anything, um, it should be pointing you back towards God more. Uh, um, the Enneagram is not a diagnosis. It's a roadmap. And um, for me, I think with a diagnosis, I know a lot of people who just want to hear I'm this. And so, and then so they can say like, Oh, I can't, I can't do this because I'm, I have this diagnosis. And, um, but with a roadmap, like it's only purposeful if we use it to get from where we're at to where we're trying to go. Yeah. That's really good. I love what you said, what you said about it not being a diagnosis because I've heard a lot of people say, oh, you know, I'm just brash because I'm an eight or I'm just over the top because I'm a four or whatever. And and unless we're learning about ourselves and learning how we can be more like Christ and how we can use our giftings and grow in that, um, it's not going to be helpful for us to grow. 
you know, to just make excuses for where we're at. At the end of the day, like, I think that the ideology that the Enneagram is evil um, is fear-based. I feel like the Enneagram 8 is an extreme type, but at the same time, I like to be aware of extremes. And for me, I think people extremely relying on the Enneagram as their source um, is unhealthy the same way that extremely rebuking it as a source is also unhealthy too. So, yeah, no, that's really well said. What are maybe a couple of Enneagram do's and don'ts that really stand out to you? I would say really bringing to the forefront of your every day, one or two things that you know that I will have to work on these things the rest of my life. Like for me, my tendency to dominate in conversation and my deep fear of rejection, unfortunately, means that I have, I have the ability to, in a second, cut off all emotion towards anyone, if I'm being honest, and that's hard to admit. But the thing is, I have to realize that I only learn to do that because I'm afraid of rejection. So in my head, I can reject you before you ever reject me. But the problem with that is that then you can only go so deep in any sort of love connection to anyone. The problem with that is that you can't really operate in love unless you go both feet in. And uh, so you have to face the fear of rejection. And so um, that for me as an eight is one thing I keep on the forefront of my mind a lot. And so I would say, um, yeah, dues is keeping, keeping those things. I think also with that, keeping the things that are your strengths in the forefront of your mind too, because like I said, it helped me to operate in who I am and not who I'm not. Like, instead of like wondering why I'm not organized, um, <laughs> like by nature, I realized that like the people in my life that I know that are really organized by nature, when a crisis hits in the moment, they freeze up. They don't know what to do. But that's when I feel the most alive. Like I know when something happens and we, I need to make a decision fast, I know that I'm prepared at all times to, to make that decision. And I, so yes, still growing in those areas. Um, but um, also resting and knowing that like, okay, I'm built in this area to shine and I need to grow in the other areas, but I need to know, like, I don't know. It, it almost empowered me to like, not, still in a humble way, but to be like confident in like, okay, I know that I'm made for this. Like in the moment in crisis, I know that I'm made to handle it. Like I can't help you unless I'm confident that I'm good at this thing. You know what I mean? So I don't think there's any harm in saying like, if you're a two saying like, I know that for me, I know that I can walk in a room and, and sense who needs my help. Um, you're not going to go do that until you know that about yourself. You know what I mean? So I think for, for at least for our types, like I know that like one of our strengths uh, is that we are really good at giving people a backbone. And so uh, as a photographer, you know, one, one area that I help people a lot with is, is their pricing and things like that to not cut themselves short. And so, um, yeah, anywho, that's obviously a tangent, but the, the point is knowing the things that you need to work on, keeping those at the forefront, but also walking confidently in the things that are strengths of, of yours uniquely. And the don'ts I would say is don't go, typing people like um i think it kind of is pretty degrading to go around and just say like hey your type is this um most times when people say that they don't even know enough to know that i've had some of the closest friends of mine type a way i never would have guessed but the thing is again it's based on fears and motives so yes they may be extroverted yes they may be people people um or they may be organized but is someone organized because 
they are OCD or are they organized because they want to be the golden child? Like there's all these motivations that are different. And so, you know, going around just telling people what their type is based on something they do is not um, helpful for them. And it's not, it doesn't validate them. So I'd say that don't go teaching about the Enneagram on any aspect that you don't know much about. Like, so, you know, for me, I like to be pretty honest about like, I started an Enneagram page and um, started to share uh, from my perspective, but I also don't share about areas that I don't know enough about, like subtypes. Like I don't, um, I haven't shared about that very much because I don't know enough yet. And so that is one thing I'm real big on too, is like people not spreading info that isn't correct i one time i was at a starbucks or somewhere some coffee shop and i overheard someone telling their friends like almost like trying to teach them about the types and they're teaching about the type one and everything they were saying was completely not right at all and so i was just like man that like yeah i just wanted to stop the conversation and be like okay everything he's saying is not correct um again i'm only passionate about that stuff because it's helped me and so I think if people have the wrong information it's it does the opposite and so so yeah that and then probably again going off of the whole diagnosis thing is running off of your type and and doing nothing with it would be would probably be the biggest don't is like I am an eight so you should just know whenever we get in a fight I'm gonna be aggressive and angry and you gotta suck it up like that does nothing for anyone you know what I mean and honestly yeah. it would probably push people more away from you and the Enneagram so I love that. Back to what you said about the do's and and carrying with you, um, like your strengths. I think it goes back to like our identity in Christ because, you know, it's really good to be self-aware and aware of your weaknesses and aware of your need for God. But you also have to couple that with understanding that you were, we were created by him and that he's given us unique gifts and we need to lean into those. And the more we're leaning into those, the more that we can reflect him, you know? So I love that you talked kind of about both of those both of those things. Like if you're not aware of your own strengths, then how are you supposed to use that to help people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I grew up in church cultures, like growing up where humility was basically talking down to yourself. And uh, it wasn't until the last church that I worked at that, like, I felt like they pulled all the things that I was great at to the surface and implanted it into me, the confidence to walk in that instead of walk around like I'm not good at anything you know what I mean so yeah if you're you know an eight wing seven and you're trying to be an organizer your whole life like you're never going to be feel good about that still trying sometimes but because <laughs> there's just so much more clarity now when you know I'm not only just good at this but like I gravitate to this kind of thing um you know like I, I was watching the other day my wife and I were watching like we watch like these crime shows and she gets all into like the the therapist side of that because she's a therapist and I watch him and I'm like, man, I, I would like love to convict people for living. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and just because like, again, we're very justice driven. And so, but now I'm aware of that. And so now I know why I gravitate to certain things because that is part of my heart and part of my DNA, you know? So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. I, I know I've been really inspired to continue to dig into being an eight and the Enneagram in general. And, um, and also just be careful like how I talk about it with people and make sure that I'm really empowering them. If people want to follow along with you, what are a couple of ways that they can do that? Um, they can follow my photography, which is Wayfair, W-A-Y-F-A-R-E-R, photography with an underscore at the end. 
so yeah, Wayfair Photography with underscore. And then um, I have an Enneagram page that is that Enneagram 8 life, but the 8 is not spelled out. It's the number. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link those in the show notes too. Your Enneagram account is like the most aesthetic, happy. It's like the, especially the most aesthetic eight account I've ever seen for sure. So I love, I love looking through it. Well, thank you so much again, just for having this conversation. And I know that it's going to be a big encouragement to people. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. After this conversation, I hope you dig a little bit deeper into your knowledge of the Enneagram and your knowledge of your own number and how you can use that information to better serve God and those around you. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. You can follow me on Instagram at patienceaxman, leave a comment on my latest post or DM me to continue the conversation. Subscribe to this podcast and leave a review to help other people hear more inspiring stories and ideas from conversations just like this. Until next time, rise and shine.